You're listening to BNI, the Australian Story podcast, brought to you by BNI Australia, Australia's largest business referral organisation. For more information how your business can benefit from BNI and to find your local chapter, go to our website at bni.com.au. Now, here are your hosts, Veronica Lisa-Mato and Brent Edwards. Hello, everybody, and welcome to episode 100 of BNI, the Australian story. My name is Veronica, and I'm here with our co-host and executive director in Melbourne South, Mr. Brent Edwards. Hi, Brent. Hi, V. Hi, everyone. Great to be here for episode 100. Now, do you remember, V, when you came up to me in January 2020 and said, I want to do a BNI TV show? Yes. I said, BNI TV, it's so catchy. Let's do it. Well, BNI ended up doing that and taking your oh, idea. I <laughs> but, uh, but I said at the time, well, why don't we do something a bit more manageable and, and do a podcast? And you said, great. I said, well, okay, I haven't got much time to organise it. You organise it and I'll come on and we'll do it. <laughs> and, and look at that now. We are 100 episodes later. Look, I can't believe it, and we just really need to acknowledge um, not only BNI Australia, who've been fantastic um, and constant supporters of our podcast, but also all of the members, not only in Australia, but also overseas now, that are sharing the podcasts. And, it's uh, you know, a lot of our stories are very unique to Australia. A lot of our stories are not so unique to BNI members across the globe because we all face the same challenges and we all enjoy the same achievements and the same sense of community um, and the same sense of givers gain by being part of this organisation. So I just like to say a big shout out to everyone who's listened and shared the podcast because that is why we're here for episode 100. And I'm going to take up too much time because we've got uh, we need to leave it for our special guest. So I'm just going to pass straight over to you well, Brent. Just to before honor. we just before we get to uh get to our special guest today and I tell you I've done more prep today than I have for any other episode because <laughs> who we've got on. But just a, a bit of stats of what we did. We episode, uh, released episode 1 on the 11th of the 2nd 2020 just before the world went crazy. Yeah. And um and we did it to fit in with um with be nice three plus one so and three plus one is embrace um, quality grow your team and seek engagement and the plus ones always tell stories so this is covering the plus one where we're telling members stories from around australia giving them an australian perspective and it's really resonated with our with our local members here i'm glad to say that we've been downloaded over forty four thousand times uh, with this, with our little pod, half hour podcast that goes out, that's not including BNI Business Builder. So it gets uploaded on the BNI Business Builder as well. So I'd uh, just like to thank everyone for their support so far and BNI Australia for supporting us as well, or the executive directors there. So um, we have a special treat today, and we are not in Australia. Well, we are in Australia, and it's 7 a.m. here, but uh, it's, it's afternoon where we're going now, and we're off to Austin, Texas, and our special guest is BNI founder, Dr. Ivan Meisner. Welcome, Ivan, Yay! to BNI Australian Podcast for the first time and hopefully oh, not I'd last. I'd be happy to come back. Thank you for inviting me. I really appreciate it. Now, um, Ivan, you've been, you founded BNI over uh, 37 years ago. Um, you know, Veronica and I, we, we've, we've been involved, Veronica, for around 10 years, myself over 22. So uh, what you've founded has, has given us a business, basically, or given me a business and and helped Veronica's business. And, and, and um, what a great business, Brent, is, is it, and to help other businesses build their business. I know. Absolutely. It's crazy. I love right. it. That's Absolutely. what I love about being nice. Sorry, I, I I just had to I, jump in. Go ahead. That's all right. That's all right. And the first question I have to ask you is, uh, how are you and where are you? <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, as you can tell, I'm in, this is my office in Austin, Texas. People always ask me, um, is that a fake background? And so I'll, I'll show you, it is not a fake background. Fantastic. That is a real background. I, I was never 100% sure whether that was just a photo of your office. I, I take it that it was your office, but I was never sure. And It, it is my real office, is although I do, have a I do have a photo that I use when I'm traveling sometimes. <laughs> but no, I'm actually in Austin, and probably everyone knows why you asked how am I and where am I. Um, I, I started saying that years ago because I got this email from somebody saying, 
oh, dude, you're probably just on the beach in Malibu. You have no idea what's going on in the organization. And I'm like, oh, you have no idea. <laughs> you know, I have 2.5 million miles on one airline alone. Wow. I travel all around the world to visit BNI groups. I was just in France. I went to two regions in France. And and so, um, you know, I'm out there. And so I, I started asking Priscilla to ask me how am I and where am I so people know I'm not just sitting here in Austin. I'm I'm visiting regions. Yeah. I just oh, love it. Fantastic. Now we are on the podcast platform. So that visual joke where you threw the uh the the card file back into your office won't work, but that's okay. Oh, okay. Well, <laughs> you could see it was it was real. <laughs> now I want to get on to the podcasting thing because uh now everyone seems to have a podcast. Uh yeah. the platform is very popular uh in our on-demand world. Uh, that people like to get things on demand and and listen, learn, etc. But you're a real podcasting pioneer. You started the official BNI podcast in 2007. That's over 15 years ago, and you've done as last look 744 weekly episodes. Um, how did that come about? Um, you know, somebody said to me, <clears throat> "You need to be blogging." And, and and I thought, okay, fine, I'll blog because I, I'm a writer and I can use the blogging to help write books and ideas. But then they also said, you got a podcast. And I'm like, what the heck's a podcast? You know, this is 2007. What's a podcast? And um, and someone came to me who said, you know, I can do this for you. I can actually set it all up and do it. And he did it for the first six months. And then Priscilla came on and Priscilla has been with me for 14 wow. and a half years. Um, I started doing the podcast because the beauty of technology is that it flattens the communication hierarchy. It enables people to connect with me directly in a way that didn't exist before podcasting, blogging, anything. And so people can post a message. And by the way, I read every message that gets posted on a BNI podcast. People are responding to, I read them all and my blog. And so it's a way to connect with me um, that, you know, without the technology, could just could never happen. I can't. I can't imagine what B and I would be without. I can. Uh, oh, sorry. Uh, just before we get on to V, I can say I've listened since episode one, <laughs> and I used to be able to quote episodes years ago. Seven hundred and forty-four. I I can't. I can't direct people. You probably still can, but um, we. You remember used the one? Be... It's early on. It's in the first year. It says, "I'm a baby boomer. What's a podcast?" <laughs> That's that was one of my podcasts. And I did it because all the baby boomers are like me. They were like, what's a podcast? I don't know what it is. Well, so, that's, what, anyway. that's what I'm just about to get to. We, I used to burn podcasts to CDs and put them in the chapter <laughs> education library so people could listen to them in their car. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, and we used to have, um, for, for the new people in B&I, we, when, before we had b Business Builder, we had chapter education libraries which had books and audio right. cds from conferences all that sort of thing in there so we used to share it that way because a lot of people had no idea on what a podcast was or how to access it uh 15 years ago which is uh, amazing to think now well so i'm actually quite um uh quite aware of the later podcast because every week in our bni meetings we put up a new podcast for the chapter members to uh, to listen to and it's always you know 744 and then it was 743 and 742 so we do it um as much as we can in that order so i really appreciate those coming out we're mixing them up a little bit now with um the australian story podcast too but Ivan, i've always wanted to ask you this question 37 years ago when you were in your own business and you had an idea and you always talk about this one-page document that you had in front of you. What was the vision that you had then? And what is the vision when you sit and you think now of what that person 37 years ago had in mind? Does it not blow your mind? Yeah, it definitely blows my mind. Um, you got to understand it. You know, BNI is sort of an example of necessity being the mother of invention. I didn't plan on creating an organization. I simply wanted a referral group because I went to a referral group that worked for me. I went to groups that were incredibly mercenary and everybody was trying to sell to each other. And I felt like I'd been slimed when I, when I left and I needed to go home and get a shower. <laughs> and then I went to these other groups that were totally social. It was happy hour and hors d'oeuvres. Everyone was drinking <laughs> and talking and nobody was doing business. I didn't like either of those. What I wanted to do was take the groups that were mercenary. I wanted to have a focus on business, but not be mercenary. 
And I wanted to take groups that were relational, but not totally social. And the glue that would hold the two together is this principal core value of being a nice giver's gain. And, and I just wanted, I just wanted a group. And so I invited my friends and I hoped that they would refer me. I was willing to refer them. And uh, a woman came after about two months who said, this is great, uh, but I can't join because my classification is taken. As listeners know, we only take one person per professional classification. And she said, would you help me open up my own group? And I actually, you guys, I actually said, no, 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 I, I don't do this. I'm a, I'm a business consultant. I'm, I don't run a network. And she's like, come on, you know, this is, you're kind of helping me build my business. I'm like, That's a stretch. Okay. And so I opened up the second chapter and it was like off to the races. People just kept asking me to open another one and another one and another one. And it had been a year and I opened 20 chapters without a plan. Oh my God. And that's when I had my Brody moment. You, you remember Jaws, the movie Jaws? Yeah. Uh, towards the end, Sheriff Brody is throwing out chum yeah. and, the, and Shark comes up for the first time. And he turns around and he walks over to the captain and he says, you're going to need a bigger boat. And so it was in December of 1985 where I realized I'm going to need a bigger boat. This is going to be way bigger than I ever thought. Um, and, and it hit me. We don't teach this in colleges and universities anywhere in the world. And people are hungry for referral marketing. They want to get referrals. And that's why uh, that and the system and the process and the culture, that's why BNI has grown. 10,800 groups in 76 countries. Yeah. It just it literally blows me away. When people ask me, what are you part of? I can't even articulate it. But the way that you've just explained it, I completely understand. You're just, you were just saying yes to every opportunity that came along to help someone else. And you just yeah, and, well, there's a consultant that, that's sort of what you do, you know, you help them. Um, I just didn't think I was going to help them in this way. <laughs> uh, you know, because I, I, my my background's in organizational behavior. Yeah. And it wasn't really, you know, and I was a management consultant doing strategic planning and HR work. Um, but I just couldn't, you know, after a couple of chapters, I just couldn't say no anymore because I just saw people light up with the relationships that they're creating and the referrals that that they're generating. Uh, you know, last year in 2021, 20, we passed over 12 million referrals and we generated over, over 18 billion, with a B, over 18 billion US dollars worth of business for our members and, and for each other through referrals. Now, just so you know, that's twice as much as the gross domestic product for the country of Liechtenstein. Okay, that's, one you've country, I know. that's one you've been using for a while. Yeah, it is. it is. But <laughs> it is, but not everybody's heard it. Brent, you've been around a long time. Uh, when I first started using it, we, we had the same as the GDP for Liechtenstein, but now we're twice. <laughs> All right, so here's another one. There are 10 countries in the world whose GDP is less than the business BNI generates for its members. Wow, that, that's, that's impressive. It's impressive. It's not as funny, but it's impressive. <laughs> hey, um, and speaking of which, and we this it's an amazing journey how it started uh, thirty seven years ago, and and how and how it all works, and even you know I yeah I look back at my BNI journey, and you know I found out about BNI totally by chance. I've been here for you know nearly twenty three years now, so um. <laughs> It's just, um, it's absolutely amazing how we've brought people together into this organisation. But we've been in Australia 25 years this year. How did B&I end up in Australia? Can you tell us a bit about the, or can you remember the uh, yeah. how that came about? It was through referral. Um, the A, a member in um, Missouri <clears throat> referred somebody to open up uh, Canada uh, that person in Canada got a director uh, who um, then decided that they could do something in Australia, found someone in Australia uh, to open up uh, 25 years ago. So it was really a, a referral to a referral to a referral. It started up. Uh, Fantastic. So I think we started 25 years ago from a referral and we're a referral organization. Go figure. You know, uh, every one of our countries have opened by referral except two. 
One read my book and one wanted to start a network and did some research online and found BNI as the largest. And we weren't in their country. And so they reached out to us. Those are the only two countries that didn't open. Yeah. So I think I, um, well, I I think I'm going to know the answer to this question, but our listeners probably won't. What's been the biggest change in 37 years of BNI that you've seen that you thought, wow, I would not have actually uh, thought would be here right now doing this. Well, I'm, you know, I think, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm not sure there is a lot uh, because I, you know, I, I have that chief visionary officer title. Um, there are a lot of things that happen that I didn't see. I didn't foresee when I started it, but most of the things that, you know, we have gotten to, um, they were in my head years before. For example, 10,000 chapters. In 1986, uh, I, you know, we didn't have Monsieur Google to get uh, data from. I went to a library uh, and uh, did research for six months and and came up with the fact that I thought that someday B and I could have 10,000 chapters. That was 1986. And I remember telling a good friend of mine, it was June of 86, I told a good friend of mine, you know, someday I think B and I could have 10,000 chapters. And he said, and, and how many chapters do you have now, Ivan? I said, 30. And he said, and you think you can have 10,000? I'm like, yeah, I, I really think we can have 10,000. And he's, he's like, it's good to have goals, Ivan. Really good to have goals. <laughs> I thought I was crazy. So, um, you know, I saw that um, with technology, people think, well, you know, we're not a tech company. But listen, we've always been cutting edge. You can't get the domain BNI.com if you weren't an early adopter. Yeah. I mean, we got a three-letter .com domain. So we were an early adopter. BNI Connect, we were an early adopter, getting a platform for all of our members to get on worldwide. So, you know, there were a lot of things that I didn't see in 1985, but most of where we've gone to, it's because we had a plan. I mean, even, even going online, we had a plan. I wrote an article in 2018 it was published by entrepreneur.com. It basically said the future of face-to-face is online. Yeah, I read that article. And most members at the time, and most directors at the time thought, well, oh, the old man's losing it. <laughs> what is he thinking? I, I, I didn't think that. I thank <laughs> you. I appreciate that. Um, you, you, you fib well. Um, most people thought I was crazy. Now, I thought it was going to happen because of the technology, not because of COVID. But the beauty of it was when COVID hit, there was this mindset in the organization of, hey, you know, the technology is kind of there that we could start this. And we transitioned 10,000 chapters in weeks. And so, um, you know, I, 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 there's very little that was a total shock to me. Yeah. They actually, they, that was one of our questions. Did you actually fear for the business when the pandemic hit? Yeah, of course. I mean, 10,000 weekly in-person meetings. <laughs> yeah, I did. Luckily, uh, Graham, the CEO, uh, I mean, he was, he was looking around a corner. He flipped in January of 2020 to online. He flipped Italy in February, early February 2020. Then he started flipping some European countries um, in uh, February. And then in March, he transitioned the entire world to online. And let me tell you, they went in kicking and screaming. People were mad as hornets to transition to online. Yeah. But we saved people's lives, yeah. saved people's businesses. And a, to a large extent, that's uh, Graham Weimuller's responsibility. Yeah. And he, I can tell you, uh, our members yeah. here are grateful for it because, you know, uh, yeah, we grew during the, uh, you know, during those crazy times as a region with members because people needed that. And, and you know, BNI our, as an organization grew. We had 37 years of consecutive growth. We had uh, a number of our podcasts were, um, you know, B&I stories about how people came together. We've had a lot of natural disasters here too, Ivan. Yeah, the fires is, in uh, particular. Really, yeah, yeah, fires, floods. It's almost like we did something wrong and they decided to, you know, someone was deciding to punish us for a few years. But the way that the B&I chapters came together, and that's the incredible thing about this organization, you, you you do come in because you want the um, yeah. the, the referrals and generate money, but you you end up staying because it, this community is the best kept secret. 
Yeah. Not just if you're in business. If you're a human being who's trying to achieve something, you need to be part of this community because we're all here to make sure that we all win. No no yeah. one's left behind in BNI. Yeah. I and love BNI is a BNI is a beacon of hope in a sea of fear. We live in a crazy world. Yeah. And um, BNI has been there for people during recessions, during uh, natural disasters, during COVID, to help them get through difficult times. I'll never forget the Northridge earthquake in the early 90s. And I was supposed to visit a chapter near Northridge um, two or three days after the earthquake. And I went to the meeting. I showed up. And the city had uh, condemned the restaurant, the building, the night before. So nobody knew. And we all show up and the buildings got tape across it, building condemned from the earthquake. And I'll never forget for the rest of my life, the president, how he circled us all up in a big circle. And the president just took charge. He was amazing. He put us all in a big circle. There were almost 30 of us. And instead of every single member was there, by the way, nobody was absent. And instead of doing weekly presentations, he went around and he just said, just tell me how you are. How are you doing? How's your family? Anybody hurt? Is everything okay? And wow. one minute, everybody had a minute. And then he went around a second time and he said, if you have referrals, give it, that's fine. But now I want you to tell us what you need. Is there <sighs> anything that we can do to help you? And I'll never forget one person says, I don't have running water. And someone else says, I have like six five-gallon drums of water, I, I, you can have half. And he gave him all this water. And somebody else uh, said, I don't have any power. Uh, my power is out. And somebody who had power said, I have a generator. You, you can borrow my generator. And it was it just, it just almost brought me to tears to watch how members just stepped up and helped each other, which Veronica is exactly what you're talking about. It's it's about the relationships uh, that you build lifelong relationships in the organization. Yeah, incredible. And that was in California, obviously. Yeah. Um, you're talking about it for the people who don't uh, people who don't know. Other question we've had we wanted to ask is how do you think? Like we've been around for 37 years, so there's several generations of business people now involved in the organization. How do you think B&I has adapted to the younger generations coming through? Because we, uh, you know, we do things a lot different than what we used to do, although we're running under the same system, basically. Yeah. Well, I think the younger generation certainly likes the technology that's yeah. being, uh, yeah. and, uh, you know, the, the people with a little gray, a lot of gray hair like me, are more resistant uh, to it. But I think, uh, I think that, um, you know, it's the direction that as an organization we need to go. Now, having said that, the organization has always struggled to get people in their 20s. And I would guess will uh, will probably always struggle to some extent because people in their 20s as a percentage of the population are not entrepreneurs as much. When you think about it, I, when, when I started BNI, I was the youngest member of my chapter. We, we were debating before the podcast what age you were when you started. I was 28 years old. Yeah. Wow. So in your 20s, you were already a chief, chief visionary officer. Well, that... well I, but then I was just, I was You're the just CEO. a visionary. Yeah, I, yeah, I was just a CEO. Um, but, and, and, you know, I got the title of chief visionary officer because I stepped down as, as the, you know, chief executive officer of the, yeah. of the company and, or co-CEO co of the company. Um, Norm Dominguez was CEO for a long time. So um, when I stepped down from that role, uh, it changed the title. But I... Um, when we had 20 chapters, there was probably only 10 of us under 30. That's back in the mid 80s. Yeah. And I've kind of come to the conclusion that, you know, you, you, a lot of people that go to college, they then get a job. Uh, a lot of the jobs don't send people to BNI. They send them out to cold call. Yeah. Um, and and the, usually people are in their late 20s, early 30s when they start thinking about being an entrepreneur. And so I think we're going to always see more people in their 30s and 40s. 25 years ago, there was a study done at St. Thomas University about a BNI region, and it was a perfect bell curve. Uh, in, in the 20s was the lowest number, 30s higher, 40s was the top of the bell. And then uh, 50s, 60s, 70s was, uh, again, the bottom of the curve. Yeah. And uh, that was 25 years ago. I bet you that bell curve is almost identical today. 
Yeah. Excellent. And speaking about the younger generation, they've, they've um, they, yeah, they've been brought up on social media interaction, interaction on social media. How do you feel um, social media has changed the way we network? Well, I think it. Um, I think young people embrace social media um, much more uh, than than the older generations, and so I think it's a good segue into networking. A lot of people complain that millennials and the Gen Z, they don't know how to network. I kind of disagree with that. I think they struggle with networking in person, but they know how to network online better than anyone else. Now the in-person stuff, I remind them, what did you know about networking? When I'm talking to somebody with gray hair like me, what did you know about networking when you were in your twenties? And they're like, well, I didn't know anything. No kidding. None of us knew anything. No. I when I started BNI, I was method acting my way through the process. <laughs> I was figuring it out as I went. So I think I think we give millennials and Gen Z generations uh, too much uh, um, trouble over this because we didn't know it. We had to figure it out. They got to figure it out too. The difference is there's a lot of content to help them get there quicker. And social media can actually help them. With that. I, I have the highest um, regard and hopes for the future generation. It's 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 amazing how how that all has all come about with uh, social media. Like I, I know my I speak to my son and he he's got he loves his car and he wants to fix something on his car. He doesn't know how to do it. He YouTube's it or Google's it and he gets a YouTube video and someone's put one up showing him how step to do by it. Step like, you know, Step by step, with so many things like that, with the access they've got to, uh, everyone's got to things now is absolutely yeah. amazing through that as well. What we also wanted to ask was during your uh, life in business, who has been your biggest influence? Well, I mean, there's there's been a number of people um, that have certainly influenced uh, who I am. Um, Sir Richard. I've had a change many times. Um, I've spent weeks with them on his island. In, in, and I get to go back next uh, next year in February, and I'll spend a week with Richard. An amazing person, very humble, highly successful, but very humble. Um, you know, I, I think humble people don't think less of themselves. They just think of themselves less. And um, that's certainly Branson. Yes. Uh, Jack Canfield has become a really close friend. Uh, Jack wrote the book, uh, chicken the, 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 the Chicken Soup for the Soul yeah. series and uh, Success Principles. Yeah. And uh, Jack has become a really good friend and I certainly learned a, a lot from, from him. And I would say um, probably one of the first was Michael Gerber, who wrote the book, The E-Myth, yeah. the, the E-Myth, which stands for the entrepreneurial myth. Uh, right. I read that book, didn't know who he was, talked about him on a radio show. Guess who calls me up the next day? Michael Gerber. And I was like in awe that yeah. Michael would would track me down and he wanted to meet. And uh, we ended up spending uh, several days at my lake house in Big Bear. So those are three people that have made a, a, a difference in, in my life professionally. I could actually reach up behind me on my bookshelf and, and grab a few of those out. <laughs> in amongst yours, Ivan, I was good, good, good. I'm looking, I'm looking to see if my just a camera up. All right. So um We've got some listener questions. Because uh, right, you said you had a couple of, uh, you know, difficult questions for me. I'm waiting for that. Oh, well, I'll, I'll take them. I'll take them. Well, we've, we've got an interesting thing for you to do oh, like, for you to do later, which might be a little bit difficult. But uh, um, we've got some listener questions, so we threw it out to some of our listeners. So Trevor Weeding says, if you could do it again, what would you do differently? That's one word answer. Fantastic. <laughs> yeah. Well, I am not really good at one word answers, so I'll I'll expand. Um, I wouldn't do anything different, and 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 I say that because, and not because I didn't make mistakes. I made a boatload of mistakes. You know, we could do a, a one-hour interview, and I could just barely scratch the surface of all the mistakes I made. The thing is, I think if you live your values, if you really live your values, and you make decisions based on the best information you have at the moment, then um, you shouldn't have any regrets. And, and so, you know, I believe your windshield is larger than your rear view mirror for a good reason. Yeah. yeah. You need to be looking forward. You need, to, you know, you need to know what happened behind you. And so uh, it, my mistakes were my tuition for success. And so I wouldn't, I wouldn't 
change anything because the mistakes I made helped me be a, a, a better business person. Our next question comes from Sarah Marco, and Sarah Marco says, how do you keep people motivated in B&I when we're doing the same things over and over? Okay, so first of all, you can't motivate anyone. I can't motivate you. You can't motivate me. None of us can motivate each other. We have to motivate ourselves. I do believe that you can do two things that help to get someone to motivate themselves. The first is to provide the right environment. You got to get the right environment because if you have an unhealthy environment, nobody's going to be motivated. They'll be demotivated. Mm. So you got to have the right healthy environment. And, you know, that means that you're, you run in good meetings that are fun, that are interesting. I know I've just walked out of a great BNI meeting when my cheeks hurt from laughing so much because everybody was just having so much fun. So you got to provide the right environment. It's got to be positive. Uh, you got to focus on the healthy pieces of the culture, you know, the core values of the organization and the culture. I think culture eats strategy for breakfast. And, and so the culture is really important in creating that uh, incredible environment. And then the next thing is you got to focus on inspiring people. And that's different. Uh, I believe, I believe you can inspire someone to change their behavior and motivate themselves. But I can't actually motivate them. That's got to come from within. I think my job today, I mean, you know, uh, for the first 30 years, I was uh, I was King Arthur leading the charge. Today, I'm Colonel Sanders. You know, <laughs> I'm the spokesperson for the organization. And I think my job today is to inspire people, to inspire other people. That's what I want to do. And if I can inspire somebody to motivate themselves to do the things they need to do to achieve success, then I've done my job. Excellent. Great answer. Uh, James Grimmer has asked, how, do, how have you maintained your consistency and commitment over the journey of BNI? And what has been your go-to strategy to overcome any slumps in motivation? Well, yeah, look, we all we all get depressed. Uh, we all you know, lack motivation at some time. And I, I've done a blog on this um, and see if I can remember some of the things that I talked about. Um, first of all, I don't watch the news. I probably never watch or hardly ever watch the news unless there's a very specific I, I, item like the, the 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 death of Queen Elizabeth. You know, I wanted to see, uh, mm. I wanted to learn more about, about that. Uh, so I'll watch it for that, but I don't generally watch the news. I read news apps so I can pick and choose because I find that in most countries, certainly in, in the United States, it, the news is, it's not the news anymore. It's the opinion stations. And so all you hear are these opinions that just rile you up. And so I don't want to get riled up. I don't want to ever get riled up, but particularly if I'm depressed, if I'm not feeling on the top of my game, I, you know, I, I, I don't want that. I don't want that in my head. And so I'll read news apps before I go to bed. We're in the morning, but I don't watch the news. Uh, the second, I watch funny stuff. If I'm feeling down, I'll pull up, you know, stand-up comedians that I can find on um, Facebook or YouTube. And I'll watch some stand-up comedian that just has me laughing like crazy. You, you know, it's hard to stay depressed if you're laughing. Um, and so, I, you know, I really watch what I put in my head. And then... I'm a list guy. And so this is a podcast. You're not going to see it, but you can see, I have a list here. And, and I was, I was on vacation for two weeks and I came back and I was overwhelmed with stuff. And so I got a list of about, I wrote this down yesterday. It's about 30 items on it. And I'm like, Oh my God, how am I going to get through all this? I'm a, I'm two days in and I only have six left. You eat the elephant one bite at a time. So if I'm feeling down, I make a list of things that need to be done. That can make you a little more depressed. Hang on. And then just, just do one, start with the low hanging fruit, something that'll take you 30 seconds, scratch it off your list. And something that'll take two minutes, scratch it off your list. Yeah. By the time you have that list half scratched off, you're like, I'm feeling better. I'm feeling better. So these are some of the things that I do. And by, and by the way, I get down, everybody gets down. So don't beat yourself up if you get that. I've got my list right next to me here as well. <laughs> and actually, I take your point on on the, the news. 
And I got really just, you know, subscribed to the news channel. I'm getting all these opinions and everything. I've weaned myself off it. I'm a much happier person yeah. now. We have to yeah. microdose the news. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. I find reading the apps is better. Yeah. Because you can pick and choose uh, what you're reading. And by the way, one of the apps that I read is uh, the Good News Network. It's an app. And uh, they always have a story that's good news because the, the news never does good news. Yeah, yeah. 100%. So, uh, yeah, I, I read that one. It's really important what we feed our brain. And I actually yep. say this to my kids all the time. I send them off to school. I say, now feed your brain and come home. And, and I, I listen to a lot of podcasts. A lot of it is BNI related. And um, one of the motivations to creating anything for BNI was because we need to give our members lots of great stuff to feed in their brains as business owners. There's so much other stuff that weighs you down that we have to just, yeah. you know, plow through every day. You just feed your brain some really good stuff. It lifts you up. That, and I watch Two and a Half Men before I go to bed every night. That always gives me a laugh. That's my go-to. I sit there, I say to my husband, let's put on some 2.5. And we sit there and we laugh, we laugh, we laugh. And I'm, I'm not sure most women would, uh, would appreciate that show. Well, he oh, used yeah, to put on yeah. Game of Thrones. And I'm like, just take it off. I'm seeing people you know, being bludgeoned to death before I go to sleep. They just get rid of it. Yeah. Put on something funny. I don't want to go to sleep to that anymore. Yeah, Veronica yeah. just needs a bit of Charlie Sheen before she goes to sleep. <laughs> Yeah, it was better with Charlie. I, I don't. Yeah. I don't know how to participate in this conversation. <laughs> um, Marcus Jakes asks, "What do you think is the most important leadership team position in a BNI group?" Well, you know, to me, that's like saying, "What's more important, uh, your left foot or your right foot? Um, you know, your left hand or your right hand? It's a team. Uh, you know, you can't do whatever team sport." I. I played uh, American football in high school and you can't play a team sport uh, if you're missing a couple of players uh, or if you, if you, if, if you have a player who's not really in the game, you know, they're in, in B and I, I call them minnows yeah. members in name only. <laughs> and you know, they're not really playing. And so I think, I think they're all very important. Um, so the, you know, the visitor host is a very underrated role. Uh, it, it's so important that a, when a visitor comes that that person feels uh, welcome, yeah. that they have a great visitor experience. I think um, the vice president is critical. Uh, oh, somebody, I, I just, I, I was doing a, um, I was doing a one-to-ones. I did, okay, so I just got off of this U.S. speed networking thing. And I was talking to a VP and she said the VP, she was told that the VP is the keeper of the secrets for ah. a chapter. I love that phrase. They are the keeper of the secrets. They're so important. They're the quality control yeah. department. And VP, if you have a great VP, you're you're much more likely to have a great chapter. And of course, the president. You know, it's the person standing up front. And you know, if you want to inspire somebody, ooh, the president is yeah. so important. So, I think many of the roles are are important. Now, here's here's a bit of trivia for you. I've only had one role in a chapter. Oh, only one. It's, it's an easy answer. I started the chapter. President. The only role I've done is president. So I created VP, did the manual for it and everything, but I never actually was a VP in a chapter. Or a secretary, Trudy. Oh, well, I did actually have a question. Tell us something no one knows about Ivan. So there you go. You've answered that. There you go. I was, I was, the only role I ever had in a chapter was president. Wow. So our last listener question is from Ellie Claire. And she says, what's the most re rewarding or memorable moment in nearly 38 years of BNI? Yeah, you know, it's really hard um, to pick one moment. I, I've heard so many moments about podcast. What's that? You could pick this it's, podcast. It's this podcast. <laughs> what was I thinking? Yeah. Um, I, I think... You know, I, I've heard amazing stories about people who, you know, it's saved their business, uh, which are just so heartwarming. I've heard stories about people who couldn't speak in, in front of an audience, but when they, this is so moving to me, um, couldn't speak in front of an audience, but when they were adopting um, their twin sons in Kazakhstan, had to talk to a judge in another language and stood up proud and loud 
and talked about who he was and what he basically did his weekly presentation. And the judge approved this adoption. I mean, you hear stories like that and they just tug on your heartstrings. Just amazing. I think the thing that's most amazing to me, though, is when I go to an international convention and there are thousands of people and all the flags of all the countries from all around the world, I am just humbled by what this has become. Uh, It's just amazing to me. And it happens every time I go to a convention. You can see me, Brent. When I first come in, just watch. I'll go stand in the back and I'll just look and I'll go, wow, I am so blessed to be part of this. Fantastic. the same way. Great answer. I love it. Now, now we're going to- Did I pass the audition? Yeah, you have. Oh, well, not quite yet. We've, we've got a okay. special, uh, we've got a special right. little game we want to play with you. This is the first time we've done this on the podcast, but because uh-huh. we've got a special guest, we're going to have a bit of a word association game. Oh, God. Okay, so I've got 10 words, and I want you to give me the first thing that comes to your mind. Actually, some of them you've actually spoken about already, but uh, and you can explain your answer. So I just want to, the first word that comes to your mind and explain your answer. All right. Okay, so, so I've ready? never done this before in a show. You've never done that? Oh, good. No. Okay, that's good. I found, I found something original. Okay, so first thing. All right, first word. We ready? California. Yeah. Gone. Left. Left. All right. I, I'm, okay. I'm, I'm happy to have moved to the great state of Texas. I love Texas. It's uh, yeah. fantastic. Yep. Michael e. Gerber. Good friend and mentor. Well, we'll take that. We'll take that. Excellent. Visitor host. More important. Now you say one word. It's hard to do it in one word. Uh, critical. How's that? Critical. Excellent. And and little may people know that the visitor host role came totally by chance. It was. All, it was dumb luck. Members worked out. Yeah. I mean, it was done by a chapter. Um, and I was like, yeah, okay, fine. Uh, and, and then their numbers started going up and I called them out. I'm like, tell me about this visitor list thing you're doing. And I went out there and, and they gave me the, the instructions for the visitor host. And what is in the manual today is like 70% of what was there 35 years ago, 30, whatever years yeah. ago when I first. Fantastic. Uh, Graham Weimeller. Uh, smart and high emotional intelligence. Um, I would also Very add good. friend. Excellent CEO. BNI Connect. Thank God. I can see the pain coming across your face right now. Uh, it was the most difficult thing I've ever done in my career. I've written about the entire, well, about the experience. It's in a book that's going to be out next year called The Third Paradigm. I'll tell you a little secret. It's, I don't say it's me. Um, the the character, and it's it's the story that goes into every chapter, in and out of every chapter. The third paradigm, by by the way, is about co-creation, and so um, it, 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 the story goes in and out of every chapter. And the 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 hero of the story, or the the, the main character of the story, is named Richard. That's my middle name. So I didn't want them to make it like my story, and I, so we don't say it until the end of the book that it's, it's BNI and it's BNI connect. It's the BNI connect story. And man, it was brutal, bloody. Oh, brutal. We'll take brutal. Uh, and brutal. <laughs> uh, Zoom. Saved BNI. Saved BNI. I love it. Richard Branson. Friend. Uh, BNI Foundation. Passion, my passion. Uh, Australia, love it. Well, you should. I love Australia. Talking. I've had amazing trips to Australia. <laughs> I just wish you guys were a little closer. Yeah. <laughs> uh, global convention. Um, humble. Uh, like I said earlier, you know, I just get humbled standing back at the convention and and seeing um, what BNI has become. It's also a great time to see my friends. People have known oh, well done. Hey, you've got through it, Ivan. Well done. Thanks. I don't think I could do any of them in one word, but 
<laughs> I think I, I know you. You did. You did very well. You did very well. So uh, we are looking. Speaking of the global convention, we're looking forward to the global convention in uh, Singapore. I know there's quite a few Aussies coming over. Um, what can I expect uh, in store? You're you're all over uh, the presenters and the like. Um, at, Looks like it's going to be. Yeah, huge. I've I've seen some of the speakers. Uh, you're in you're in for a treat with the speakers, um, and and you're you're also into a, in for a treat to network with people globally because we're expecting several thousand people at the convention. And I would say to the BNI members, come on up and introduce yourself to me. You know, I, I meet people and they say to me, well, you know, I first saw you three years ago at some event, but I didn't want to come up. And it's like, come on up and say hi. Uh, to me, it's it's a blast meeting members and directors, and uh, I I consider it a privilege to meet members and directors. To but and I apologize if there's a little bit of a line in there. Uh, I'd love to meet you. Oh, fantastic! So our second last question before we uh, give our big question to wrap up: Where do you see BNI in the future? Either? Well, I think BNI will. I think it's inevitable that BNI is going to be in every entrepreneurial nation in the world. You know, there are a handful of nations that uh, probably are not going to have BNI in it uh, ever because <laughs> you know they're not very entrepreneurial. And uh, well, I don't want to say what nations, but we all know there are some that you know BNI is not going there anytime soon. But I think BNI could be in every single entrepreneurial nation in the world. And I think we can have much deeper market penetration. I think we could have many more chapters. You know, back in 1986, I figured we could have 10,000. Now, I think um, that we could have uh, 20, 30,000 chapters globally. And I think we could have 20,000 chapters during my lifetime. Uh, I think we could have millions of members based on the way we are growing through online and hybrid platforms that it, 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 that's a game changer um, and so i see us ha having millions of members in the future and changing people's yeah. i love it uh veronica did you have anything you wanted to add before we uh get the final tip oh we just don't have enough time but i feel like i've been just so blessed to be able to be um part of bni one Ivan, but secondly, you've always made time and I've, ha I've had an opportunity just to connect with you very briefly over the 10 to 12 years I've been part of BNI. But today, I'm just so grateful that you made time to invest into, you know, our membership here in Australia. We've got we've got a beautiful community of BNI members out here and uh, it is the best kept secret. And I I used to say it's the best kept secret in business, but I actually don't think that. I think in my life, I can't imagine my life without BNI. And I thank you for that because it doesn't it has just helped my business. It has changed my life. And I'm just really grateful that you made the time to spend with us today and share your time with everyone who's listening. You know, it's my passion. I, I don't know if I said this earlier. I, I've done, this is like the third or fourth interview I've done today. So sometimes it gets a little mixed up, but I think, you're either working in your flame or working in your wax. And when you're in your flame, you're on fire. You're excited. You love what you do. People can hear it in your voice. They can see it in how you behave. When you're working in your wax, it, it just takes all your energy. People hear that in your voice and they see that in how you behave. This is my flame. I love doing this. I love talking to members. I love talking to directors. I love pouring into people. So I appreciate you inviting me and I'm happy to come back. I want to thank the two of you for what you do. The two of you are making a big difference in people's oh. lives. And the three of you, you don't see Steve here. Steve uh, is the producer. He, he's also here. And he's the he's the, the quiet one. Um, Steve, you should at least say hi. Well, he waves. <laughs> There's no high. He, he, he waved. All right, I'll accept that. Um, so thank you. Which is, and I'm really well to... on, a, on an audio media. So. <laughs> uh, I, so I think you have one other thing for me, Brent, and then I have a yes. closing remark. Last question. Last yeah. question, Ivan. Um, and this is a tradition in our podcast. We ask all our guests this question to wrap up. What would be the one thing you'd share with a member to make their BNI membership a success? Well, the, the one thing to be successful in BNI is, is that there is no one. It is a recipe. It's always a recipe. And that recipe includes things like uh, you got to nail your weekly presentation. You have to be sharpshoot it, not shotgun it. You got to be laser specific. You need to um, uh, 
practice lifelong learning. You got to uh, participate in business builders. You got to listen to podcasts like this. Uh, and you need to do one-to-ones. There's a direct and dramatic linear correlation between doing one-to-ones and both giving and getting referrals. Uh, I did a podcast on this where uh, there was a study done in uh, Europe and people who did four one-to-ones a month compared to people who did one one-to-one a month uh, gave 100% more referrals and they received 100% more. So it's a recipe. Um, it's never one thing. Uh, you know, a meal of one ingredient is pretty bland. Yeah. But a meal... A great meal is a recipe. And so take that recipe and, and embrace it. You'll do well in doing it. Thanks, Ivan. You had a, a very easy way to listen to you because you put everything into a very easy way to hear things. And in business, we need it easy. <laughs> Don't complicate it for us. Like, And, and I, I appreciate that. That's yeah, fantastic. Thank you. Thank you. So, Brent, uh, uh, Veronica, can I can I close up with one last thought? And then, no. Okay. I just want to talk about giver's gain uh, because giver's gain as a philosophy is so important to me. And to, and to me, it's more than a phrase. It's a way of living one's life. It's a perspective to view and interact with the world. It's an attitude, not an expectation. And when it's applied properly, it'll change your life. And when it changes enough lives, it'll change the world. And that's what BNI is doing, is changing the way the world does business. I love it. Thank you, Ivan, for joining us on our 100th episode of BNI, the Australian Story podcast. Maybe we can be on yours one day. We're uh, just going to put that out there. I'd be happy to have you on mine. <laughs> and uh, thank you for uh, creating this amazing organisation, something that's provided Veronica uh, business for, for 10 years and myself with a business for over 22 years. We really appreciate you. And uh, thank you for coming on today. And we, oh, I look forward to seeing you in Singapore in a couple of months' time. Thanks thank so you. much. Thank you very much. Thanks, Ivan. And thank you to Steve, our podcast producer, making sure that everything went smoothly today. Thank you for listening to episode number 100 of B&I, The Australian Story. Please tune in the same time next week. 